Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. And welcome back to the Homestyle Podcast. All thanks to Red Energy with a customer solutions team based here in Melbourne. Switch to Red Energy today. My name is Jay Neild. I'm a podcast producer and I jump into the studio with Shana Blaze every couple of weeks to talk design. Shana, of course, is an interior designer, author, TV presenter, and one of the judges on the block. And this week, we're going to be talking about embracing the seasons, using a design to perhaps reflect our changing moods and celebrate spring or even summer. And Shana, a warning as I say hello that we are going to mention Christmas in mid-October, triggering to some people perhaps, but we do apologise in advance. But the festive season is nearly upon us. It is. Look, I think I think it's not as strange this year as it is normal years because we get so caught up in everything that we're doing and we've had a very big celebration of Christmas in July this year because what else has anyone got to look forward to? No one was going on holidays, no one's going to the snowfields, no one was going overseas. So Christmas in July was pretty good. And I think a few people haven't taken their decorations down. So I don't think Christmas is a big shock this year. I think it's more of a case. It might even be bigger than better because it's when we'll all be really creeping out, getting with our friends, our family, you know, probably still social distancing into a big part, but I think it will be our first reason to really come together and celebrate. So I've got a feeling Christmas is going to be bigger than better than ever. I totally agree. The number of people who I've been speaking to, albeit online, and look, you know, we're starting to come out of things here in Melbourne and the rest of the country have had their freedoms, but people are just saying how this whole pandemic have made them realise that family and sharing quality time is really the essence of what makes them happy. And if you extend that, of course, you know, entertaining and welcoming your family into your space again. I mean, just the thought of having people in my home at this point is actually quite emotional and overwhelming thinking of a big Christmas Day spread. We just haven't had that. I totally agree. Like I remember like when Melbourne came out of the first lockdown and I went to a restaurant for the first time and there was only six of us and I was so overwhelmed. I really, I I couldn't actually handle it. It was too much. And then we, I think I went out once more and then have not been out again for like four months. So it will be that very emotional time when we start sort of coming out. And, you know, I do know in the other states that, you know, they still are social distancing. We do in Melbourne think it's a full freedom, but, you know, the business and the restaurants are still, you know, suffering and, you know, there's certain amounts that could put on. No one's embracing in the street like we used to. So I think that coming together at Christmas, as you said, Jane, is going to be incredibly emotional, opening our homes up again. And, you know, it's everything that we've been talking about, interiors in our home, that, you know, we want to get it right, we want to get things happening. But it is also the case that we don't appreciate how much a home says family, entertaining, it embellishes who we are. And I think the importance of what I've said over the past 20, 30 years is your home is about you. It's not a trend. It's not a showpiece. It is you. And I think we're really, really grasped onto that, especially the amount of renos that have been going on, I can tell you. Well, I think there are a lot of people who are going to be really keen to show off their home because, yes, a lot of people have gotten stuck into home improvements and renos and crafting and DIY, which I'm excited to see at least. We'll get back to seasonal styling in just a moment, Shana, but a little update on the block. Wow. 
I guess a lot of people will now be watching thinking, I can finally put my house on the market in Melbourne. And we're going to see what a lot of people have been referring to as a slingshot effect. You know, when you take demand and you completely hold it back, suddenly everyone's going, I want to buy, I want to sell, I want to move, I want to completely change my lifestyle. Do you get that feeling that this spring, summer is going to be pretty hot when it comes to auctions and moving of houses? Absolutely. Like I know quite a few um, clients in the past who have already sold their house like last year and were ready to buy, haven't been able to buy. And they're saying to me, I just can't wait to start walking through a house and imagining my new home again. And and also like people I know in the industry who are professional um, home stagers, they have just been sitting at home with agents ready to put these houses on the market. So I, th- I think that saying of the slingshot effect is, is pretty on the money in the fact that once the doors are open, it is going to be a little bit like the horses racing out of the gates. Um, there's going to be a lot of property on the market. There's going to be a lot of flurry. And you know when you sort of get that little bit of um, hysterical laughter where it's like, ha, <laughs> going to be a little bit of that once homes open and people can start inspecting and, and enjoying new places. And as you said, you know, a new stage of your life, I think a lot of people might turn around and say, you know what, it's time for us to move to a different suburb. It's time for us to, we've taken stock of what we don't want anymore in our life. It's time for a big change. So I think we're going to see a lot of big changes in people's lives and lifestyles just by changing where they live in their suburbs. And Shana, you are one of the busiest uh, women in Australia, but what have you been up to? I heard a little rumour that you maybe have another TV project on the go. I have been informed that it is all very top secret at this stage, though. (laughs) Oh, you know what? It is very, very top secret. Um, It will be out very soon. It's something... It's something I'm really excited about because it's, I'm only doing it because of, um, which I can't even say, because if I tell you why I'm doing it, it will come out. But it, it aligns with who I am as a person. It aligns with what I believe in and it aligns with some projects that I've worked very closely on the past couple of years. And I'm doing it for for that more than anything else. And I'm really excited because it, it really is tapping into my business acumen. It's, it's tapping into who I am behind the scenes. And so it's not really about what I do as a judge or what I do on Selling Houses Australia as a presenter or anything like that. This is the nuts and bolts me. This is behind the scenes of who I am as a person. So I'm probably putting myself up for even more ridicule, but at the same time, the end result for me is what it's all about. Oh, we don't care about the haters though, Shana, because we'd miss you if the block finished and there was <laughs> no weekly fix of Shana. So, oh, that sounds intriguing. I was I was thinking you might have popped up on The Masked Singer or something with your singing background, but oh. maybe next season. (laughs) I have to say, I would love to do that, but it just, it clashes with all the programs I do. But you know, you never know one day when I'm just, you know, 10 years down the track when I'm going, okay, I'm a bit irrelevant. I might do with a mask singer. (laughs) All right, let's get into season, Shana. So we're in spring. We've got that hopeful kind of spring in our step and, and, you know, the flowers that have welcomed in spring. A lot of people saying, especially in lockdown situations, that, you know, nature has gotten them through things. What is your favourite season? I'm an autumn girl because I grew up in the Adelaide Hills and there is something about autumn leaves that just 
feels like home to me. But what about you? What season is kind of Shana's season? Oh, Jane, it, it just... It's like picking your favourite friend. I I just can't. It has to be autumn and spring. Both of them are so significant. And how lucky were you to grow up in the Adelaide Hills? Like the beautiful changing of the seasons in autumn is just stunning. And, you know, I love, you know, in in Melbourne we have some incredible streets with beautiful autumn leaves. Um, The the tree-lined streets, you just honestly just go for a drive like the Christmas lights just to see all these autumn leaves so I do love the changing of the seasons um, because it signifies um, shedding but it also signifies growth so I I love spring because it's coming out of the cave the the light's different it's brighter the sun is in a different direction it's at a different height the intensity and it shines a light into your home unfortunately does show all the dust so you have to really that's where the spring cleaning comes from because the light's completely different but it's renewal it's absolutely renewal and then when you're coming into autumn it's when you're getting ready to start hunkering down because you know we've had the sun for six months with spring and summer and I don't know about you but sometimes I get a bit exhausted by that and you just go oh I think I just want to sit on the couch and and watch a movie with an open fire and that's what autumn starts bringing into that different change so I, I love that sense of shedding and renewal and also really just sort of um, getting into your cave. I think that's what the seasons signify for me. And of course, you know, your home links to that. So as we're in spring and heading into summer, Shana, is it time to put away all of those beautiful throws and the layering that might have been around the house and the excessive warm, cosy kind of pillows and things? Am I right to think that you do need to sort of maybe do a seasonal sweep of your home and think, winter gone. (laughs) Look I do because it's a a psychological thing as well and I I think we're going to be more onto this now because of COVID. It it is going to affect our lives for the quite a few years ahead is that we really do know what it's like to be in that cave now by everyone hunkering down and being caught up in the home and especially in winter in in Australia that was the biggest time when we were doing it and it's it's like opening the windows, spreading your arms and wanting to sort of go out into the big wide world and refreshing your home. So I think coming into spring at the moment is really important. And what you're saying about the throws and the cushions and, you know, a bit of colour, I think that is important too. And it might be not a case of um, getting rid of them all, but getting different textures and, and weights. And, you know, I do love beautiful throws because, you know, you get that chill in the air still in spring and, you know, put a little throw over your shoulders, over your lap, um, just a different layer on your bed. So there's different weights of um, throws rows and quilts and then also your cushions you might have had sort of you know heavy textures it might be about having different linens and different patterns and different textures so I think the weight of of the materials and and the weight of the textures um, is a significant change you can do from winter to summer and not lose all those layers. And we have spoken about light and its importance in design uh, earlier in Homestyle. So go back and listen to that episode if you're interested. But do you actually sort of almost, look, I'm a gardener, so I've been really clocking sunshine in my garden throughout lockdown because, you know, a basic principle of permaculture design is, well, you need to put stuff where the right light's going to be. So talk to me about how you would maybe rearrange a room and start thinking about, well, where does the light fall and where am I going to be wanting to read a book now if it's not in front of the fire? Exactly. I think this is where you do sort of change. I, I do my couch position because the the couch and the fireplace and the TV and the um, bifold doors are all in that one space. So 
in the, the winter, you're not going in and out as much. So I tend to do block off the doors with those furn- with the furniture. I don't ram it up against it, but everything is centred around the fireplace as a conversation piece. So the furniture is really sort of like in a U-shape. It's cosy. You don't have the best access to the back doors that go into the deck because you're not utilising it the whole time. Once we hit spring, it is about changing the furniture for that movement in and out and getting a good traffic flow because we're not sitting in front of the fireplace 24-7. We're not there every night. Um, So it's really important to look at your traffic flow of how you're going to utilise the space, especially indoor-outdoor. And on top of that, like you're talking about where the light comes in for where you're going to sit, where you're going to get that beautiful sort of warmth sitting in the window looking outside. There also is the case of what I was talking about is the different heights of the sun and the strength of the sun is that you might have had certain um, fabrics and, and rugs in front of the window or near the the direct sunlight of the winter sun. But once the summer sun comes, um, it's actually quite damaging to the fabric. So it is probably a conscious effort of getting the couch and the rugs away from where the sun starts streaming in so it doesn't ruin the pattern, fade them and start damaging them. Yeah, if you've got some really, really beautiful feature pieces, you certainly don't want 40 degree bleaching uh, Australian sun. (laughs) Especially when you've got natural timber, you're putting a rug on, um, you know, after a couple of seasons, you know, you pull up the rug and it's like the smoker's um, the smoker's ring. Like you pull up the rug and you can see where the rug is because the sun fades naturally, natural timber, no matter what um, cover or stain that you put on it. So just be aware of that when you're putting a rug that's near a window that's got um, full winter sun, sorry, pull full spring, summer sun, um, because it will eventually leave a mark in there. So it's good to actually move it and not keep the rug always in the one spot so you won't get that defined line. Now, you're mentioning that through to outdoor spaces. So I think one thing that I really love is being able to eat outdoors and I'm in a rental. We don't have this stunning, you know, outdoor area. So we're just making a space in the garden. How important, though, as you're starting to think about maybe inviting people over and having those larger gatherings, is it to sort of make sure that 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 pathway through your house is uncluttered? I mean, my dad will trip over something even if it's totally out of the way. Like, do you even put away different items and get rid of smaller tables and things? Absolutely. It's definitely a time to sort of rethink of the the floor plan. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're going to use that outdoor area at least once or twice a week, you have to make sure it's a good traffic path. If you're only going to use it once a month when you have people over, only put those things away when you're entertaining, if you know what I mean. So it just means that it's not obstructing your whole life because of once a month. I I think it's, it's really important to live in your home how you want to on an everyday weekly experience. So when you are looking at that, you know, access when you're going from indoor, outdoor, at least once or twice a week, once you set it up, you'll probably utilize it more because it's easier access. So it it could be a case of, you know, what you're saying, moving some side tables. It could be also removing a rug that becomes a tripping hazard. It might be a case of the rug that you want to push back and make it more under the couch or move it to a different angle because it's in an awkward position. The, the line of the rug is actually sitting right in the middle of the footprint of walking to the back door. So that, that's a really important thing as well. Trip hazards are one of the biggest thing um, of your feet with rugs, but also bumping into chairs, tables, and really also making people feel 
awkward because it's in the way, but they're embarrassed because they should have known it's there, but you should have enough space for people to go through. The main thing is don't create this big corridor that looks like a runway. Um, I like to use furniture to guide people through. So by doing large pieces of furniture like a an occasional chair or a lounge if it's slightly in the path there's nothing wrong with that it's when you have like little tiny stools or that are, you know you can't see at eye line that you might trip over or it might be a side table that has a lamp on it and it just you know you're going to knock it with your arm it's okay to weave through your furniture just don't try and make it like the secret garden where you sort of like get a bit lost halfway through where am I meant to be <laughs> And would you recommend party proofing or kid proofing a house as well? I mean, in the last episode, we spoke about um, guest accommodation and how you could design to make sure dogs were going to feel welcome and, and surfaces were very accommodating towards pets. Would you sort of think about doing that? Like, don't maybe have your favourite meter high Murano glass vase on the rickety table that may get knocked by Uncle Barry when he's had a couple too. Oh, Jane, absolutely. If you if you love to entertain, like if it's just, a, you know, six people for a dinner party, still have all your great stuff out, but just know where, you know, someone might elbow it or if they've had a couple of wines and they're sort of staggering a little bit, just, just be aware of those pieces in, you know, the general footprint. You might put it on the buffet against the wall instead of on the side table, but just those little things. But when it's a party, clear the decks, clear the decks because, you know, you just don't want to make people uncomfortable for a start. You want people to come and enjoy themselves. But at the same time, you want to enjoy yourself but not by not worrying about everything. So I tend to just have big lamps in certain areas to give great mood lighting. And then I take all the precious stuff off and I might create just sort of a, a different type of vignette against the wall or something that becomes a feature area and just get rid of everything else. So you can relax they can relax. And most of those people come to your house at different times and know it looks different anyway. And I think that's the main thing with party proofing in things that can be knocked over. With foods and drink spills, I think it's sort of case by case of what, you know, if it's going to be a 21st or, you know, a big a big number with a zero on it, uh, you know, you might want to take out all the good rugs. You might want to actually, your good furniture, you might want to put you know, a cover over it or something like that if it's a really good precious piece or, you know, put some little caution tape across the room and say, do not enter. (laughs) Um, But with kids, that's, you know, there's the two sides of that kid proofing and the fact that you don't have kids yourself, but you do have friends with kids that come over. And it's the same sort of thing like a party proof. If you've got people coming over that have little kids, don't expect them to be on their best behaviour. It's it, it's just not going to happen. It puts everyone under stress. So just put away all those things that kids that can touch, that they're going to get in trouble touching. Just make everyone comfortable and put it aside and then put it back together again. It just makes everyone so much more comfortable. And, you know, if you're going to have kids in your life every day, I think it just makes sense to take away the precious stuff for a certain time and then you can bring them all back when they're a different age. But you do need to look at fabrics. You do need to look at things that um, kids are going to get grubby hands. You look at timbers, you look at leathers, you look at fabrics that um, are going to hide spills, they're going to hide grubby marks that have a a certain um, weave to them or a certain pattern so it's harder to notice. You know, you just don't go for 
certain silks, certain fat, certain fabrics of linen that are absorbent and then certain um, velvets. I will say though, the great technology out at the moment, there are these amazing velvets that I'm using that are outdoor velvets. I'm using them indoors. So they are spill free, fade resistant, and you can wipe it because it's outdoor fabric, but it gets that luxe feel inside. Magic. Well, that was one of your recommendations uh, last episode for pet proofing was to get outdoor rugs and furnishings. Uh, do you have a, a name for that? Can we search that up online, Shana, or is there a brand you'd like to recommend? Um, well, Mocum, who I do a lot of fabrics with, they have an outdoor velvet. So definitely look at Mocum outdoor velvet. It doesn't have the sheen and shimmer. Um, so don't expect it to be exactly the same to do all the amazing things, but it has beautiful colours. And if you want to go, you know, because velvets are really sort of that luxe feel. If you want to have that luxe feel with your dining chairs and you don't want to have to go for hard wood and you've got little kids, such a great alternative, really great alternative. I love that, just hearing about design innovation that really is actually going to make people's lives better and easier. And technology has really made a big difference in how interiors work, you know, how we can make metal different, how we can do timber, glass and fabric technology. It's absolutely incredible. And there's so much, I think, um, if people want to look at sustainability in fabrics as well, there's some really good fabrics that are, are actually made with recycled plastic and... There are too many numerous companies, so I think if people just want to Google that. Um, and because they're made out of recycled plastic, um, they are basically stain-resistant, water-resistant, and they become really good fabrics as well with, with kids. And so, yeah, re- really look at sustainable fabrics that are made out of recycled um, plastics and fibre and also recycled poly, um, which is, means that it's material that's been recycled that isn't natural t- natural fibres that normally would go into landfill and won't decompose. So there's some innovative people out there doing some fantastic thing for sustainability that works perfectly for party proofing and kids. It's a win-win situation. We do love that. You're listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. I'm Jane Newell. And it's all thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. You can talk to their customer solutions team in Melbourne and they can help you make the switch today. Shana, what sort of a festive season person are you? Do you go completely overboard with the tinsel, the flash, the glitter, the tree, or are you kind of trying to incorporate maybe a Christmas vibe and just subtly have little references to Christmas around the house. You know what? I learnt very young that Christmas is the best time of year. My mum was the over-the-top person, not so much the decoration. My mum was over-the-top in presents. Like, it was almost embarrassing how many presents mum would buy. And every year it was a case you'd be sitting there opening all the presents and she'd be going, hang on, where's the other one? Where's the other one? And she'd disappear into the wardrobe and bring out another five um, presents. And it was the best. It was the best. But um, when I started being able to decorate my own home, I did make it all about the decorations. And, you know, each year it would be a little bit different. So this year would be all colours. Next year it will be whites. The year after that will be blue. So I do like to theme and pick certain colours. Um, and then kids come along and then they want to decorate the kids. So every year you just sort of like die a little bit inside, just going, yep, yep, you can put the macaroni on there. Yep, yep, you can do that. So 
Um, but there's that sort of part. But I love I love putting you know the garlands on the um, the balustrade. I love having fairy lights. I love having coloured lights. I have I love the the Christmas music. I just love everything about it. And it it's it becomes very cliche, but in a great way if you embrace it. I, I have no problem. In Christmas, if you want to go really tacky, you go for it because it's an expression, it's happiness, it's joy. And I think if ever we want to go over the top tacky, this is the year. Um, I do like to keep the tackiness down. I I do like to keep it um, very designed only because I love it. It it just makes me happy and I like to have it all in its place. And, you know, I have the little dancing bear, um, you know, you walk in the front door and you push its little paw and, you know, the bear dances and has a little song and everyone laughs and it just puts you in a good spirit. So I, I think, you know, theme it as much as you want. Um, my, my only thing is when you're doing the dining table, um, I like to set up the dining table over the top and make it absolutely full of table centrepieces. But when we sit down to design, sorry, when we sit down to eat and dine, I take out all the centrepieces because then it's all about the food. So make sure that when you're decorating for Christmas Day and you want to do this over-the-top table, make sure it can be taken away really easily so that you can have a great conversation, you can sit there for hours and you can actually focus on the food and conversation. I am so glad you said that. That could be one of the best pieces of festive advice yet. I saw a wedding photo the other day because I sort of like looking at floristry. I was like, that is stunning. And then I realised that people couldn't see each other across the table because there was just gigantic flowers. All the time. And and there are some great, like, um, wedding pictures where you see these over-the-top vases that sit, like, three feet tall and it's got flowers coming from the top. And you think, wow, that's crazy. But when you're sitting at the table, it means that you've got this beautiful amount of flowers and garlands above your head and then you can see everybody and have the conversation. So um, it may seem over the top, but it's actually really practical at the same time because it's not an eyeline. And just on the outdoor dining thing, as I mentioned, you know, we're sort of running out of space in the house and I guess with, you know, post-COVID, we're going to want to have more space, especially with social distancing requirements. Would you have any sort of really quick tips on how to create a little outdoor dining space? Would perhaps a rug, like you were mentioning, those outdoor rugs, would that define a space really well in a garden? Look, I think the great thing about outdoor entertaining is it's literally bringing your lounge and dining outside. So it, it is a case of do a dining area but also a seating area and there's nothing better than doing um, if you're going to do a lounge seating area have a reason to sit there you know get get a small fire pit get a get an outdoor fireplace you know have a water feature have a have a bar have something to congregate around with your lounge area and then with your dining table have comfy seats make sure that it's something that you want to sit there for hours and hours and get an outdoor heater because there's nothing worse that once you hit about sort of nine o'clock that you have, have to all go inside because just, you know, just getting that little bit of chill in the air, especially in spring. And, uh, you know, keep it there for all the seasons. There's nothing better than just being outside when it goes completely dark. You have to get the candles, put on a few festoon lights. You know, you don't have to have all that landscaping um, lighting happening. Festoon lights can give a beautiful glow, do some beautiful lanterns and, 
you know, it might be on a Wednesday night and you've got two people over, but you feel like you're overseas or you feel like you're on a holiday. It's, there's nothing better. I've, I've always said, you know, I'd rather spend $10,000 on my outdoor area than go overseas. And I've said that for probably 20 years and even more relevant now. So put the money into your outdoor area and have a holiday every day. Well, you can't often take your best friends on holiday. So I guess if you are in a beautiful uh, situation and you've got that great conversation, what more can you want? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Treat, treat your home as your oasis. Treat it as a place where you can have incredible conversations with your friends, but also your family. You know, families have been stuck together more than they ever have. Some have learnt to love each other. Some really just can't get away from each other. But at the same time, creating your space a little bit differently now coming into spring um, sort of changes that conversation now and and gives a bit of lightness to the heaviness that we've been going through um, in 2020. And having an outdoor room also gives you way more space to get away from your family if you need to. True. (laughs) Oh, Shana, thank you so much. Oh, we had a quick comment from uh, Helena from Coffs Harbour as well about the Harris Scarf range that you have of bed linen, uh, saying thank you so much for the tip on your last episode about buying up some of the patterns that won't reappear in the stores. So not everyone realised that you have your standard range and then... Well, how do you describe it? The the fancy one, the fashion range. So it, it's 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 probably about six to eight sort of patterns that will come in each season, and once they're sold, they're sold. And and I think that's the thing, you know fashion trends they move quickly so it it means that if you love that pattern um you can do it as a fashion statement but you're not seeing it everywhere because it's only a limited amount of time but also what I try and do with with the base of all the things that are going through year by year and also some of the fashion making sure that they slowly lean on to each other season by season so you can you know if you buy a fashion piece this year maybe next season you'll get the cushions that can give it a different look but won't clash with it you don't have to get rid of all the fashion look every season so trying to get some sort of connection and thread so that just because you buy something for this season doesn't mean it's going to be out the next season I love that that's a more sustainable approach for sure because sometimes you just feel like oh come on this is the exact opposite of the last one I bought it's like (laughs) (laughs) oh well Shana thank you so much and it has been wonderful uh, throughout the last uh, episodes of Homestyle to check in with you it might be a little while before we talk again but thank you you to Red Energy for sponsoring this podcast and hopefully we can do another season of Homestyle. So for you, Shana, just to wrap up this year, I guess busy, busy, more TV stuff happening, but let's just hope you can have a Christmas with the family. This podcast has really come at the right time for us of talking about a home, talking about the importance of life and really just seeing how our home connects. And, and honestly, it makes me so happy hearing you know people's comments about the podcast. And it's not just about tips. I think people just go, okay I didn't think of that sort of element to it but also introducing people to different things that they never thought of before and also people saying yes I do that thank you for clarifying that I'm doing the right thing And, and sometimes that's all people need is that you know if you're doing something different and you feel a bit awkward you just need someone to say no you're doing the right thing keep going you might want to tweak it this way or that way or keep it as it is I think the great thing about it is that our home is where our family and our life is it's an expression of ourselves and that will never ever change 
Well, thank you, Shana, and all the best for the next uh, few weeks and hopefully we'll be talking to you again at some point on Homestyle. Thank you very much to Red Energy. It's been amazing. Yes, and of course, you can talk to Red Energy. Their Melbourne-based team will help you switch to 100% Aussie electricity and gas. You've been on Homestyle. If you'd like to uh, share this episode with a friend, we would really appreciate it. Go right back to the beginning and you can listen if you've just discovered the podcast to all of the wonderful episodes. So much great advice there from Shana. We hope you enjoy it. I'm Jane Neild and that's it for this season of Homestyle for Red Energy. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.